You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. I am Nick Fairball. I write for Pittsburgh Sports now, work at WPTS radio station, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. We're talking the offensive line today with Dalton Coppola, assistant sports editor from the Pit News. We're talking offensive line, the running game, the running back rotation, the defensive backfield, specifically Eric Hallett and how he's doing, and also Mark Whipple, how much credit does he deserve? All that and more coming up on Locked on Pit. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. I got a very special guest here with me today, Dalton Kapula, assistant sports editor for the Pit News. Dalton, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Yeah, Dalton, and we are uh, we're talking pit football, of course, and and the offensive line. That's kind of the big story of the game. I mean, listen, I've given love to a lot of people. Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison. I've given love to some of the defensive players on the front seven, uh, Baldonado specifically. Um, I haven't given enough love to the offensive line. I thought they were just great on Saturday. I mean, really, I thought they were the unsung heroes and kind of just how they play this year. I think they've really been a key to kind of the offense and how explosive it is, man. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure a lot of people were looking at them with the low numbers in the run game and people were saying, oh, maybe they're not playing well. Maybe that's the issue. But, you know, you look back, the pass protection has been there all season long. You look at, you know, you got guys like Hoy, I mean, Caldrick Wilson can step in. Gonzalez can step in. They've got a whole bunch of guys up front. Drexel's played well. Just keeping Kenny protected so he can make his reads, that's been the difference in the offense. That's all it is. I mean, when Kenny's got the time to make first read, second read, even a third read, he's picking the defenses apart. And that's the thing. He had all the time in the world. And it was me and you were talking about this a little earlier today. Georgia Tech didn't blitz much uh, at all in the first half. They sent three guys a lot of the times, dropped eight, in the and they still beat them. I mean, they still beat them deep. They were still beating them 15 yards deep or 20 yards deep, getting big plays on them. And it was because of the offensive line. There were multiple times. I remember um, one replay I remember seeing just live. Gabe Hoy just absolutely uh, getting a complete pancake on the guy. I mean, just coming over and just smacking him down. I saw multiple guys on the ground for Georgia Tech all game. That defense, that offensive line was being legitimately mean um, in pass pro. And that's the thing. I think they've been in pat, great in pass pro. And, and you talked about Gabe Hoy, who won ACC uh, Offensive Lineman of the Week, of course. He was great. I think Cradle's been good. What are your kind of thoughts, though, on Carter Warren? You know, he had a rough game against Tennessee, I think. Last three weeks, I think he's played actually pretty well overall. I think Carter Warren, I think he's he's solid. Like you said, Tennessee was a rough one for him. But in the other games, I mean, he's looked pretty good. Personally, 
I really like Mac and Salves. I think when he plays, he looks really good. Um, in training camp, he looked really good, and he's only a sophomore. So um, I'd like to see him get worked in a little bit more. Um, but, you know, I think Carter, I think he's been he's been good this year outside of that Tennessee game, like you said. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think that Salves, that's kind of the interesting debate when it comes to the offensive line, I guess. Um, Gonsalves versus Warren or versus Hoy, whatever, kind of how you want to do it. Um, they do you, so you seem to actually think they're better with Gonsalves in there. Why, why is that? I mean, is it Gonsalves, you know, being a better run blocker? Is it being, you know, more steady even in pass pro? I mean, Warren has been fine this year, but Gonsalves, even last year when he played, when they ran the ball really well down the stretch there, he was the guy in there really clearing lanes for. Him. That's what I think. I think of back when he was playing at the end of last season, I was when they were really getting the run game going. And when he's in there, I just feel like they run the ball a little bit better than when Warren's in there, whether that's the timing he's entering the game, I'm not sure. Um, but I really think it's always when he's in there, I think he's protecting the edge. He's opening lanes for the, um, whether it be Izzy, whether it be um, Vincent Davis, you know, I, I think, when he's in the game, they're just running the ball a little bit better, like you said. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I think it's certainly clear. I don't have a stat of them with Gonzalez versus, you know, without him in there, but I would imagine that the rushing splits are much different. I don't think the pressure splits are crazy different because, again, I think they've had solid games from everyone um, overall. You know, I, this is kind of a guy that also is just a really mature player for – where he is right now, Gonzalez is just very polished, um, I feel like. I also wanted to get your thoughts on on Miner, Marcus Miner. You know, transfer from Maryland. He's kind of the unsung hero. No one really talks about Marcus Miner, and I always really feel bad about that because I think he's a yeah. really solid football player. He doesn't get mentioned because he does his job so well. And I think he's been one of the most underrated additions to this team this year that's really allowed them to move forward. I think Marcus Miner's played extremely well at left guard. Yeah, like what, like you said, you don't hear his name much because he's doing his job as an offensive lineman. If you're hearing your name brought up too much, either you're a backup that's looking to take the starting spot, or you're a starter that's not getting the job done. I mean, he's been a great pickup for Narduzzi. I'm really glad they went out and got him. He's been good at good run ball. He's been pulling well. He's been blocking well for Kenny. I mean, like you said, he's doing his job. That's why. He, that's why no one really talks about him. And that's the thing, right? The whole offensive line has played well. We talked about Hoy. We talked about Gonzalez and Warren. We talked about Minor. They also have a new center, an Owen Drexel, obviously. It was kind of interesting. Now, granted, it was against New Hampshire and also a little bit against Western Michigan. But I, I did want to kind of throw this out because I, I believe Drexel also got banged up um, against Georgia Tech. So he, who knows how bad the injury is. He might not play against Virginia Tech. So we might see that lineup cradle at center, Hoy at right guard, Gonzalez at right tackle, Warren at left tackle, Minor at left guard. When you look at that lineup overall and how well he played, again, it was New Hampshire, but how confident are you in that lineup if, say, Owen Drexel can't play? I think the, the drop-off at center from um, Drexel to cradle is not – significant enough where they're going to feel too – I don't th – I wouldn't be too worried. I'm confident in that that secondary rotation with Gonsalves at tackle – like 
as I said earlier, I'm a big fan of Gonsalves. I think he's a very good tackler. I think moving him over, they'll be fine. Um, so I'm confident that they can get it done against Virginia Tech. And I mean, not that Drexel has been bad this year, but I don't think he's been – he has been perfect. There's still things to improve on. I think Cradle's going to be just fine. Yeah, the biggest thing with uh, – obviously the biggest thing with Drexel has been the snaps, right? Yeah, I mean – snaps have been errant. I mean, there's a couple of times where you hold your breath. Kenny's got to snag it with one hand to the right or the left of him, but – yeah, and that's the only issue. But the pass pro has been so good for this team. I mean, a year ago, this offensive line was a serious issue in both phases. And how much credit do you give Borbley? I mean, for this, Dave Borbley, who has received enough criticism as is for really his whole tenure here, just turning this thing around. And, and he's been probably instrumental in coaching all these up and, and making this – form of the offensive line, the one that protects Kenny, that is the sole purpose of this offense to protect the potential all-ACC guy, the all-American guy in Kenny Pickett. How do you kind of look at that and how the job Borbley has done? I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. Obviously, I know you want to talk about Whipple later, but you got to give as much credit to Borb, Coach Borbs as you got to Coach Whip. I mean, Borbs is keeping Kenny upright for most of the – as much as he can, and he's allowing Pickett to make his reads. I mean, this offense can't do what it's doing right now through the passing game. Forget the running game. They can't do what he's doing in the passing game without this offense. And I don't, I'm not sure what he did to change up in the offseason, whether it be just the personnel, if he's doing something different in the film room. But this, this offensive line looks just so much better than last year. They look faster. They look like they know where they're going, who to block. Like last year, there were a couple of times where guards were pulling and they were just not hitting anyone they were just pulling and running in open field so whatever he's doing this year it's working yeah I, I completely agree with that all right let's talk about the running game but first i want to shout out sweat block sweat block are doctor created doctor recommended wipes these wipes have a dry shirt guarantee so if sweat block doesn't keep you dry you get your money back and it works up to seven days per use Currently, it is the number one bestseller in the Amazon antiperspirant category. Here's what Sweatblock does for you. You can wear what you want to wear whenever you want to wear it. It's your little secret to confidence. It's a must for everyone's toiletry bag, no matter what you are doing on a given day. So get it today for 20% off at Sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's 20% off at Sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon. And CVS. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, and as usual, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. Check us out on every platform we are on there every day. Make sure to leave a five-star review. However, let's get over there now. As we segue kind of from here to the running game, obviously kind of still in the offensive line territory of things, but this running game is interesting. So they suck against... Tennessee, suck against Western Michigan, good against UMass, good against New Hampshire. 
good against Georgia Tech. That was interesting to me. They averaged over four yards per carry. I think it was like 41 rushes for 181 yards or something total. I think it was a very interesting running game. I mean, how much do you believe in the running game going forward? You know, I'm still skeptical of the running game, to be completely honest with you. Um, I I think that they still, they're still looking to find that lead back. I think the hype surrounding Izzy built him up to the point this year in the fans' perspective that he was going to be this guy that changed and fixed the running game. And I don't think he has so far. Um, I think the reason they saw so much success against um, Georgia Tech this weekend is, like we said, in the first half, they weren't they were having three guys in the line of scrimmage and the linebackers were dropping back in coverage and linebackers, they were, they were sitting on the pass. I mean, they were looking for Kenny to throw the ball and they, these guys had big lanes to run through. So I'm not too sold on the run game yet. Um, but I think it's something that can improve. And I think it's something that is improving since we saw against Tennessee. Yeah, I think it's okay. Let me say this. I think it's a very interesting kind of, dichotomy if you will with it with this running game because i think you have on one hand a backfield that really still doesn't know what it is on the other hand you have an offensive line that is great in pass pro maybe has not been that good as a run blocking team and then you look at the tape against georgia tech these guys were clearing lanes like it was nobody's business um really i mean that was impressive to me even in the second half when they have you know, had the ability to shut doors. Um, I think, and this is the point I've been making, I guess, on this show for a few weeks now. The only thing the running game needs to do is do two things. And, you know, third and two, third and one, get that short yards. They've done that this year very well. And then two, in that four minutes, you'll be able to run out the clock. They've done it twice now. I mean, I, I think that's kind of all they need for this running game. It doesn't need to be great. No, yeah, it doesn't need to be great because when you got a guy like Kenny who's finding receivers downfield and in the middle of the field and you got Kroll in the middle, I mean, um, the running game doesn't need to be picking up six, seven yards of carry on first down. Kenny throws an incomplete pass on first down at second and ten. Even I'm, – I'm not worried about them picking up that first down because they can't pick up yards with their legs. I mean, like you said, with I don't think they have to be great. They just got to be able to do what they got to do. Yeah, and that's the thing. So you kind of look at Pitt overall. Let's just take a look at their rushing yards. The first half, they only had 63 rushing yards. The second half, they had 118. I mean, they slammed that door shut on Georgia Tech, and that fourth quarter ran by after that felt like two-hour third quarter. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. Pitt somehow ends up in two. They always end up in a long game somehow. Um, but, but that running game really shut the door well. I guess one of my thoughts is with this running game is as we've, we've talked about the line enough, I feel like, and, and, you know, you feel like you get more out of Gonsalves. Sheesh. I think even Zubovich might be a better run blocker than a guy like cradle, for example. Um, I, I feel that, but you're not playing Zubovich. I, I think, I think Zubovich is a definite drop off in pass pro um, from, from cradle. Um, but you kind of look at what they do in the backfield. I don't know. So you talked about Izzy. I mean, are you disappointed with Izzy's play or is it more so the O-line? I mean, what is it with Izzy for you? That's what I'm not so sure about. I'm not sure what to make of Izzy so far. Like I've seen plays where I'm like, that was a, he looks so good. He's hitting the holes. He's making the right read. 
And then I've seen plays where he's trying to bounce things outside when he should be trying to bounce it in. Um, but then again, some of that I attribute to the O-line. Um, but one guy, for some reason, one guy that sticks out to me is Rodney Hammond. I, I think he suits that offense. The way that offensive line blocks in the run game, Hammond's hitting the holes a lot faster than Izzy is. Izzy's a little bit more patient, I feel like. And Hammond, when he gets the ball, he's like a just bowling ball. He's just running, and he sees that hole, and he takes it, and he puts his shoulder down and just keeps those legs moving. I mean, I know Izzy got all the hype, and Hammond's only a freshman, but I, I'd love to see him get some more touches. Man, Rodney Hammond, uh, really interesting football player to me. Um, that run he had against Georgia Tech where he just kind of dragged three guys and just kept moving his legs. I think he got like an eight-yard gain out of it. It was an insane run. Um, Rodney Hammond is a really interesting football player. To me. I don't know what to think of Rodney Hammond because he's such a pure runner of the football. He makes absurd cuts. I don't think anyone else in this backfield can make the cuts Rodney Hammond makes. He's going to be really good. I also, though, think you don't want to sacrifice the pass pro for a running back. And that's the thing. How good is, you know, how good is Rodney Hammond at pass pro? I mean, I think that's the biggest question, right? If he's good enough, maybe he can get more playing time. Yeah, I mean, back at training camp, I remember Narduzzi talking so much about this guy, A.J. Davis, our best guy in pass pro. A.J. Davis, and with him out, they're looking for that guy to fill in in pass pro. And I, I saw a couple of plays this weekend where Vincent Davis picked up some linebackers really well. I mean, so I think that's why Vincent Davis is still getting a lot of touches. And I think, obviously, Vincent Davis is – I think he's a good football player. Is he as talented as Izzy and Hammond? I'm not so sure. That's kind of how I feel. I think Vincent Davis is – I think he's a nice scat back. Get him in space. Mm-hmm. Let him make some moves. Do that. For a short guy, he is really good in pass pro. I'll tell you that. Uh, flip, I've seen him uh, upend a, a few defenders and make him go flying in the air this year. But, yeah, Vincent Davis, I mean, there's really – I mean, that's the explanation for You know, I hear people say all the time, what's the love fest with Vincent Davis from the staff? I mean, that's it. It's the pass pro. Yeah. So – I mean, yeah, like you said, I, he, he's keeping himself in ball games just because he can block in the pass game. I think that's exactly it. And I mean, would you make so going forward? I mean, you think the lead back should be Davis? Should it be a Bandy Candace? Should it be Hammond? Or who should it be? I mean, going forward, I think the best all around talented back is a Bandy Candace. But if if things don't get going, I look to get Hammond some more touches. I look to get him a little bit more refined in pass pro practice. I'm not sure whether he needs more more uh, work physically get picking up pass pro or pick uh, being able to read blitzes I'm not so sure yet but if Hammond could be good in pass pro that that's my guy who I'm going with yeah man he's dynamite uh, I don't know if it's this year for Hammond but if it's not this year it's next year for him oh yeah for sure and, and Izzy had a nice breakout game as well two tutties uh, against Georgia Tech okay let's get off the run game let's get off the offensive line Mark Whipple kind of a this guy has received scrutiny over the past few years. But now that this offense is going, and, and yeah, you want to give a ton of credit to Kenny Pickett, the receivers like Jordan Addison, Taysier Mack, Lucas Kroll, you want to give credit to the offensive line. I just don't think you can forget about the guy calling the plays, one, 
and two, the guy that has developed Kenny Pickett for the past three years. I think it's time we maybe give Mark Whipple a little credit. 100%. Mark Whipple, I'm sorry. We're all sorry for anything we ever said. You know, you hung 45 in the first five weeks of the season. Everyone gave him, you know, he took his, he took his licks for the last couple of years when we, you know, didn't put up enough points, but I think Whipple deserves some credit this year for sure. Um, and I still think he's still got a lot of tricks left up his sleeve. I don't think he's had to dig too deep into that playbook to win these ball games just yet. I mean, you see over the last couple of weeks, I think Henny has hit Jordan Addison on that same post route, like four or five different times in the middle of the field, downfield. Like I think he's still got a lot left to show. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, you might have a better feel of this than me because, you know, you kind of talk to these players a little more than I do. But, I mean, how much do you think – how much – what do you think of that relationship between Pickett and Whipple and kind of, you know, how big that was in Kenny's growth and kind of why Kenny came back overall and why he's successful this year? I mean, you look at the splits with – for Kenny with Whipple and without Whipple, and it's the biggest – the biggest – thing you see is increase in the amount of passing attempts per game I mean he was throwing like 22 passes a game I think previously and then Whipple came in and he was up he up the amount of passing he was throwing significantly and I mean I think the biggest thing for Kenny is obviously experience helps but um he and Whipple have a great relationship he's always going over this he goes over the sideline every play you see to get the play from Whipple and they talk about it real quick. He goes back out there. They run the play. And for the most part, it's been pretty successful this year. I think he and Whip have a really good relationship. And I think that's that's huge for this team, having that relationship between their quarterback and the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think he's – Mark Whipple deserves a mulligan. He's really done a great job. Um, I feel like – the thing is, and I, I don't know, you could speak to this too. We've only seen a limited sample size of Nick Patty. I feel like when Nick Patty's come to the game, he's looked good. So, like – some you know Kenny's been great and Kenny's great, but I think Nick Patty's been pretty solid too. And you know I think a lot of it goes to Whipple. I absolutely agree. I mean, Nick Patty came in against I think it was UMass, and I was watching the game, and he made a couple big time throws. And I was like, okay, we got something here. And then you look back at the tape, and I mean, with the, his receivers are running these routes like perfectly, finding spaces in these zones. Whether that's Whipple, that's Patty, I'm not sure. But like you said, Whip's drawing up these plays. He's making these guys look good. Simple as that. Before we close out the episode, I do want to talk about that defense and mainly the safety room. But first, folks, I want to let you guys know about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto chain parts store to stock all the parts that you need so i endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer carrying the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket you can save time and money when using rock auto they have everything you can need from brake parts tail lamps motor oil new carpet and more go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com folks betonline.ag is back and better than ever as the gridiron starts to heat 
up and has always been online as your number one sport space for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for all things football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. Let's talk about the defense a little bit here. So I talked about the defense all yesterday, kind of what they're doing. They're blitzing a lot more. Um, they're using their front seven kind of as the weapon. But I and I talked about kind of the issues on in the secondary. The missed tackles are gut-wrenching. I mean, there's so many missed tackles in the secondary. But also when you look at it overall, it's not just the missed tackles. It's, you know, they're peeping in the backfield. They're getting beat deep. Yeah. You know, some of it, is schematically related because they only run press quarters. Um, I don't love the personnel, though. I mean, I like Damari Mathis. I like Marquez Williams. I just think Eric Hallett has struggled a lot. He really has struggled a lot. Yeah. Eric Eric Hallett has been – I mean, we saw him get his backside get shoved into the turf this weekend. That's not the first time that's happened this year. I mean, he's getting – he's not a great tackler. He's not great in coverage. I mean – I just think eventually you got to look, you got to think about playing PJ O'Brien, maybe even Rashad Battle, giving him a shot. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think I think it's the biggest issue right now is what do you do at the field safety spot? Because you know, I think Brandon Hill is a young, promising football player. He's kind of the leader of that room, even with Damari Mathis there, but. I don't know what you do with Hallett because you have to either one pray he gets better. And his, this is not a young guy. I mean, Hallett's been around the block um, for a minute. Yes, this is his first time getting significant starting snaps, but he's been here. He's been under the tutledge of DeMar Ham. P.J. O'Brien's coming in here and giving significantly more splash already with a few pass breakups, a few big hits. You know, I mean – I threw it out there a few weeks ago. I know he's playing outside right now, but maybe give MJ Devonshire a shot in that role. I was going to be my next, my next guy. I was like, Devonshire, I mean, I'm, he's looking for playing time. Let's give him a shot up at the field safety. I mean, we saw, we've seen some glimpses of battle. He has not been good at safety. He's not a safety. He's a corner. I think he's a corner. Um, maybe PJ O'Brien, like you said, give him a shot. But I think Devonshire, like, I think if we gave him a shot at the field safety, like just even, you know, just to see if he could do a little bit better than Hallett at, you know, open field tackles, not breaking down in coverage, stuff like that. Uh, I think it's, it's the most critical thing. I think the secondary is the biggest issue right now. And, you know, I don't know how you kind of feel about, I mean, I guess did that game against Georgia Tech give you any confidence in that secondary or did you come back looking from that and say that was the front seven? I, that game was purely the front seven. I I mentioned a couple times um, back in my recap that the, when they weren't getting pressure, Jeff Sims was ma- was moving the ball downfield. They were picking up a lot of chunk plays. I mean, they were getting 
I forget who what, what quarter was. I think it was the first quarter on that touchdown. Brandon Hill's peeking into the backfield. He get and then he hits the guy for what the fifty-five yard touchdown because they didn't get pressure on that play. And I mean that's not not on any fault of the front seven. They brought pressure the whole game. But if they can't bring pressure, the defense has got to they got to be there to make the plays um, and pick up the slack for the front seven when they can't get in the backfield. It's it's the biggest thing. I mean, straight up. And here's the thing. I know Pitt, Pitt won by a pretty significant margin, 52 to 21. But nine, if you define big plays as rush plays by 10-plus yards or pass plays of 15-plus yards, they still give you up nine of those. Nine. Yeah. I mean, Pitt themselves had 16 of those. So you take a look at that. Pitt was obviously incredibly explosive, but they had nine big plays Georgia Tech did for 267 yards total. That's just – it gave up 21 points because the front seven made a really few key big plays. They obviously had the pick six, the other pick Cam Bright's pick off Desmond Alexander's tip. They had a few really key plays. The secondary, I, I think the, the boundary corners played well. I, I think I'm not worried about the corners. Like I think Mathis Williams Woods and Devonshire is a nice rotation out there. I also am not really worried about Brandon Hill. I think he'll give up a play here or there. I also think he makes splash plays. I also think he's an improving football player. I'm really just worried about the field safety. I don't know if they have a legitimate field safety on the roster right now. Like, I do not know if they have one. And battles look bad. P.J. O'Brien is really raw, I think, still. Uh, even when you look at him, he's just he's just playing with his hair on fire. I don't think he's doing it with, you know, a cerebral technical nature to it. And then Hallett who should be that cerebral guy, looks lost. I, I don't know what to do with that field safety spot. I think it's the biggest problem on the team, period, right now. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, like, like you said, I don't think there's a natural field safety on this team. I mean, I think everyone you got there is either meant to play corner, meant to play um, the other safety spot. Like, you know, it's just – there's just not a guy that just feels right to fit in that spot. And I think the only, like you said, the only guy that feels right to fit in that spot is Hallett, and he doesn't look he doesn't look good. It's an issue. Pat Narduzzi has to somehow figure that out. Luckily, they have a few they have a few days to do that uh, until they go to Blacksburg. But I am worried down the stretch, you know, against the Sam Howells of the world, Dear King, Brennan Armstrong. They have good quarterbacks left on their on their on their schedule. I'm really worried that they're just going to get eaten up like they did by Caleb Hill. That's exactly what I'm worried about yeah. because that's, that's what he did. He targeted Hallett all game, all game. It was Hallett, Hallett out. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, they got to be able to, I think the biggest thing is if we're not, if Narduzzi's not going to be able to replace Hallett, he's got to find a way to neutralize the quarterback. Like he's got to be able to make that adjustment after the, you or uh, Western Michigan game. I'm sorry. He was saying, if I was up in the box, I would have made X, Y, and Z adjustments. You got to be able to make those adjustments on the fly. Like, if they're starting to pick you apart with the slant routes on exposing Brand, um, Eric Hallett, you got to ad address that sooner rather than later. With that, whether that means bringing less pressure and dropping Servassier back in coverage, I'm not sure. But it's definitely an issue that because Sam Howell and Derek King and Brennan Armstrong, like you said, they're going to pick this secondary apart. Absolutely, man. All right, brother. Thank you for coming on. Tell them where they can find your stuff, where they can read your stuff. Dalton, where can they find you at? All right. So go to 
pitnews.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dalton underscore Coppola. Um, looking forward to the rest of this season. Thanks, Nick. All right. Thank you, Dalton, for coming on. Folks, tomorrow, it's a Friday episode, and we're not just going to talk about football tomorrow. We have a number one ranked pit volleyball team we need to talk about as well. So we'll talk about that tomorrow and some other aspects of Pitt's football season. The bye week still continue to raging on. They do not have a game on Saturday, of course. But before we get out of here, folks, thank you as always for making Lockdown Pit your first listen every day. But I want you to make your second listen Locked on ACC. Get all of your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes with ACC expert Candice Cooper. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, folks, as always, hail to Pitt.